Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on this uh, beautiful sunny day from the studio in Fort Collins. And I... Everything I'm seeing is we're going to have a terrific weekend. It's uh, going to be a little cooler today than in the 60s tomorrow and almost 70 on Monday. Then we get a little dip. And then middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's a little cooler, chance of precipitation. And then it looks like the weather is going to take off. And this is going to jumpstart the fishing here on uh, Colorado's Front Range. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. There's... Uh, a lot of boat wraps opening, a lot of open water. We've got uh, still got some really incredible ice fishing opportunities in the mountains. We'll touch on those a bit. And uh, there's also just a number, a number of fly fishing opportunities. So we got a lot to cover today. Before we go to our first guest, I want to remind you, I've been telling you we're ready to restart trivia. Well, we've gathered some gifts. The trivia is going to start again, not next Saturday. But the Saturday after, so in about a week and a half, Karen will post the answer to the trivia on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And following us on Facebook is going to give you a heads up to win gifts of usually $50 or more in our trivia on Saturday morning. So you want to follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us, he's a frequent contributor to the show. He's a guide. He's been involved in the fishing industry for decades. Uh, Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. It's, uh, I don't know where you're at right now, but it's pretty nice right here where I'm at. I'm looking out the window of my studio. I'm sitting at the boat ramp at Boyd Lake, and if the one cloud in the sky would move away from blocking the sun, it sure would make it a lot warmer out here. Yeah, once that sun breaks through, and I think it's going to later today, in just a little bit, um, even if it's only in the 50s or so today, that sun just this time of year just makes you feel so warm. You know, we're reaching a point of the year. It's been kind of off again, on again. A lot of times the boat ramps would have opened almost a month ago, but we had some big snowstorms, some cold weather. But I think it's on, Brad. Now, you're at Boyd. What are the conditions there? I tell you what, the the little bit of cold weather and you know, cold precipitation we had last night dropped the water temperature back down to 41 in the main lake. It had been 43 earlier in the week, but the bite is really starting to pick up. You know, they've stocked a lot of trout, and so anglers are catching a lot of trout. And the walleyes and white bass are starting to get a little more active. And I know people are getting them, you know, in the evenings along the rocky area for the walleyes but also uh, trolling deep with lead cores, producing a good number of fish for this time of year. Uh, nothing real big size-wise, but uh, some decent action to, you know, get you excited about the open water season. Now, Boyd is open for all boating. <clears throat> of course, you have to have a boat registration, a fishing license. You know, the fishing licenses run out at the end of this month. We remind people that. And uh, you got to get an inspection when you go there, of course. But the inspectors are are, are there. Have they said what the hours are? The boat are at the boat ramp on Boyd. Currently, they are eight to six, 
And that will change April 1st. And I think it's going to go to 7 to 7. But the best thing to do is either check the Boyd Lake site or the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. You kind of have to search through on the ANS inspections. But they have a, a sheet that's printed out and gives you the updated times for all the the lakes because i know certain lakes like jackson and sterling right now are only both of them are open but they're only open the inspection stations are only open eight to four so the the inspection station times kind of vary depending on the body of water right now so it's best to check that before you head out why don't you take us through maybe some of the other lakes you've heard that people are fishing and maybe what they're doing and then i want to come back and talk a few techniques with you what what else have you heard is going on well, I've heard, you know, and I know you'll probably talk to some people, but the metro area lakes are doing real good for walleyes, uh, Chatfield, Cherry Creek, and those. Uh, up here further north, um, Jackson, it's just about ready to start going. It, it, I would say that uh, by the end of next week, that water temperature will jump and things will be going pretty good there. Sterling, the boat ramp's open. I haven't talked to anyone that's been there. Uh, Jumbo, the boat ramp, will open April 1st. That's going to be a real unknown for everyone because the lake was low last year. They opened it up to a salvage operation. Now, during ice fishing season, a few people were getting into some fish, so I don't think the lake died off completely, but I'm not sure what the numbers are like. So uh, I'm going to try to make it out there, you know, first part of April just to see uh, what survived there. Uh, You go further north, um, Douglas, uh, Bodecker, Lon Hagler are all open. Um, Lon Hagler, they put a bunch of trout in. That bite's doing well. Uh, Bodecker, the the warm stretch we're going to get should really push those crappies up shallow. So I would expect that bite to really start going. And then April 1st is what I'm hearing for Carter and Horsetooth. Uh, the bite at Carter from people fishing the shore is still kind of slow. But usually Carter's about a month behind everywhere else. So uh, that that's not too surprising. And then the little ponds around, you know, uh, St. Vrain, uh, some of the ponds around Greeley and, and Fort Collins, they all have some pretty good action, especially on these warmer afternoons for bluegill bass and the ones that get stocked for trout. You're catching a lot of those. Yeah, I think it's time to really start thinking about getting out there and hitting these lakes, especially on the warmer days. We're going to have some on and off with the weather that comes, especially with the walleyes, but there's going to be opportunities out there. Now, the trout, uh, let's talk real quick about the stock trout. They're probably catching those from both shore and a boat. People of, you know, Parks and Wildlife has been busily stocking trout up and down the uh, front range. And that's one of the earliest consistent bites you can get into. Um, are you said you're seeing people or hearing people are catching trout? Are they catching them from a boat, from shore, both? Both right now. Um, you know, most of the fish, I know it's been said by, I heard Chad talking about it a couple weeks ago. You know, most of these fish they, on the big lakes are all getting stocked at the boat ramps. So when those fish initially get stocked, you know, that boat ramp area is hard to beat for activity and and the stockings usually are happening every three to four weeks so there's always some some activity around that boat ramp area on all these bodies of water that are getting trout and then you know the other spot i tell you to look for is look for either any water that's flowing in um 
or any shallower water that's going to be warmer. It, and a lot of people don't think of warm water for trout, but what it is, that warmer water has a lot more bug life that's starting quicker. And so the food is there, and that's going to be what's really going to draw all the fish in. But the trout uh, are going to be there. And the nice thing about it is if you find one of those flat, calm afternoons, you can figure out where those trout are pretty quick because they're going to be surfacing on some of these invertebrates. So you'll see a lot of swirls by the, the surface, which will really tell you that that's an area that the trout are actively feeding in and a good spot to be fishing. Let's switch gears to the walleye a little bit. Now, a lot of times we're out on the water March 1st, and we're right in the middle of the pre-spawn for the walleyes, and we see a lot of night fishing, especially with jerk baits and maybe even jigs at night, and it gets a little tougher during the day. Then they go through the spawn. Uh, with the cold weather and where we're at, let's take Boyd. Do you have a feeling for are those fish spawned already? Are they still in pre-spawn? Are they post-spawn, or is there a real mix? I'd say yes. We we have fish in all three stages. Um, I've seen a couple fish that are post-spawn females. Um, I've seen some males that aren't even milting yet. Um, and then I've seen some males that are, you know, right in the middle of spawning. So I, I would say you're probably, with this warm stretch, we've got the full moon going on. I'm going to say you've got about 30 to maybe 50% of the walleyes are going to be spawning in the next week. And you probably have maybe a quarter that have already spawned and a quarter that are are still a little ways off. What I would tell people to do is focus either on the fish that are spawning up along the rocks or start focusing on those post-spawn fish because all the fish that are spawning, you're going to be having more fish coming to that post-spawn pattern. Whereas if you target a pre-spawn pattern, your fish are kind of starting to disappear on you. So either target those fish for the next week that are actively spawning along the rocks and, you know, the the inlet uh, areas or, uh, you know, start targeting some of those warmer, shallow areas or the deep water basin that's going to hold some of those post-spawn fish that are trying to recover from all the energy they've spent during spawning. Now, I know you've been out on Boyd, and I know you're going out today. How do you plan to approach it today? What techniques are you going to use? You know, with the little cold front that we had come through last night, um, I'm going to target deeper fish. Uh, I'm going to be looking in that 20 to 28-foot range, uh, pulling crankbaits fairly slow, uh, about that 1.4 to 1.6 range, uh, using lead core to get them down to the bottom, targeting the walleyes initially, figure out what depth they're on, um, experimenting with the crankbaits. It seems like each day has been a little bit different, the size and action that's been triggering them. And after I've made a couple runs through those fish, I'm going to bring one or two of those rods up into the top 10 feet of the water column. And you're going to be able to pick up some trout doing that. Now, using the crankbaits to go after the walleyes deep, I used to do that down at Cherry Creek this time of year. There'd be a great bite down about 20 feet. And like you said, you'd use the lead core to keep it right close to bottom. I always had a lot of luck with more subtle baits like the husky jerks that have more of a subtle roll. They don't have quite the aggressive action as like a shad wrap. But, you know, times change, but that's kind of what's been ingrained with me and how I approach them. And then I go to the more aggressive baits later in the year or if I'm just not catching them on the subtle baits. Do you have a few that have seemed to, a few crankbaits that have been working for you? 
You know, it. I'm kind of the same school of thought as you are, Terry, but this year it's been a little bit more of the Shadrap style baits um, in those smaller sizes, like the size five seems to have been what they're looking for that's catching a few more of the fish. But these fish, you know, I was out Thursday and caught fish, and every one of them was just caught on the very tip of the nose with the back treble hook. So it tells me that, you know, you're getting the fish to bite, but they aren't really aggressive yet. So um, you're going to have to keep experimenting a little bit. But so far, the minnow baits, um, I've been having luck catching a few crappies with the minnow baits, but the walleyes haven't been biting them this spring right now. I wonder if we're getting a more condensed season because we had that cold snow that went so late into the year, and now they're kind of in a, instead of stretching this spawning activity level out over two, three months, we're maybe doing it over six weeks. Uh, That might have an effect on their activity. Before we run out of time, though, I do want to ask you about uh, crappies and panfish. You mentioned them earlier. Any particular places you've heard, and how do you approach them this time of the year? You know, I've caught a few here at at Boyd. Um, Bodecker's a good lake early in the year. Uh, Lon Hagler has some. Douglas. Uh, I have not fished the crappies out at Sterling this early in the year. So I kind of stick to the North Front Range lakes. And the key right now is I'm spending a lot of time, if you're out in a boat, with my electronics, but I'm not looking as much for fish as I'm watching the water temperature. Uh, I was able to, on Thursday, the boat ramp was 43 degrees, but by driving around and looking, I could find some 49-degree temperature on a couple of the real shallow areas, and that's where I was able to find those crappies. So when you're looking for panfish this time of year, you know, look for the, the shallow, muddy areas that have, you know, old cattails. That's going to warm up quicker. Uh, any spot that's got riprap, particularly on the north, side of the lake um, that's going to get sun all day long and warm up a little quicker so i'm looking for those warmer areas and that's the same thing if you're fishing from shore you know look for those shallow muddier areas that you're going to be able to you know have a little bit warmer uh water temperature at and then don't try to fish too quick you know a float is your friend this time of year uh even if you're using a jig or, or a minnow just just pull it about 18 inches and let it settle back in there and just sit for a little bit and then just pull it a little more. You're going to get a lot more bites doing that than you will if you're doing a cast and a steady retrieve on the panfish until that water temperature starts hitting about 50. All right, my friend, we are out of time. If people want to book a trip or they want more information, how do they get a hold of you? You can reach me on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors or give me a call at 303 829-3998. All right. Thank you, Brad. Brad Peterson, folks, great resource. We're going to take a quick time out. We come up, Parks and Wildlife got a bunch of stuff to get caught up on. They're going to talk about some the big game draw, some uh, license dates, and some, you know, leave no trace principles. They're really trying to get out there and talk to people about all that and a lot more fishing coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. 
65 years of serving the outdoor public. They've got locations up and down the Front Range, uh, Lafayette, Broomfield, all the way to Cheyenne, including Loveland and Fort Collins. Stop by and check one out. You will be pleasantly surprised at what they carry. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is uh, Debbie Leiniger. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. How are you? You know, I'm doing great, and I think we may be breaking this cycle of winter weather finally. Not that we won't get. I think on Tuesday we're going to get a little precipitation and cool weather. It warms up really nice for the next three, four days uh, in the 70s, I'm understanding. Then it cools down. Then it gets back in the 60s and 70s. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more nice days. And if last year was any indication, or even if this winter was any indication, we're going to see a lot of people going out and using our outdoor resources. A lot of them knew um, because of COVID, a lot of people discovered the outdoors or rediscovered it after years. And I think we're going to see that continue. And I know there's some things you want to kind of just go through a number of things and make sure people are aware of them. And before we even get into it, you told me, I want to mention that the big game draw is April 6th. That has to be in. But you told me that people are really responding. You're getting the applications in very quickly. Is that right? Right. We've The COVID um, pandemic has been good for us in that we're doing virtual seminars online now, and we're seeing people come and learn more about big game hunting. And I think just the interest in hunting is growing because we're about 20,000 ahead of our applications turned in now, which we've been trying to get people not to wait to the last minute. And we're seeing about 20,000 more in early this year, which is really good. And don't forget that deadline includes 8 p.m. So April 6th, right. 8 p.m. is when all the hunters have to have their big game applications in. Then the draws will you, occur after that. And if you want more information, we did a whole segment on that big game applications last week. Go to um, 1043thefan.com. Go to my page. And you'll see a podcast, and it takes you through all the resources by phone, online, in person that can help you uh, with your big game application. And speaking of licenses, Debbie, uh, fishing licenses, you know, years ago they were set up different. They went calendar year, but now they're like a lot of the other states. They expire at the end of uh, end of March. So a lot of people have to remember to get their fishing licenses next week. And also a lot of people probably don't realize that if they come do it, the best time to buy them is right now. Right. To get your full year of fishing in, if you buy it now, you'll get a full year. In fact, the license, fishing licenses are 13 months, so you actually get an extra month with it. So starting March 1st every year, you can buy your fishing license, but the ones that from last year expire at March 31st, like you said. So everybody can get out to one of the sporting goods stores, check out some of the new goods in the stores, and buy their fishing license at the same time because most of those sporting goods stores are licensed vendors for us too, as well as you can buy them online. Well, you know, on the fishing license, is Colorado for residents especially, really it's a bargain, the fishing license. It, it's such a low price for a year of fishing, and it's such a good deal to get an annual one. Another reason to get an annual one, I know that Parks either has or is coming out with a special, I don't know whether you're going to call it a permit or what, to use the state wildlife areas and some of the lease properties because they're created as uh conservation areas even though they have use to them 
but you need to have some type of uh, buy something to participate and use those areas. So I know you're coming out with something for people that don't want to buy a fishing or a hunting license so they can take advantage of the trails and things, but it's still going to be cheaper to buy a fishing license. And that gets you into state wildlife areas. And you might want to go fishing one day during the year and you'll have your license. Right. A fishing license is the best deal. We've got seniors, 65 and over. Those are only $10.07. The youth, a 16- and 17-year-old, can buy one also for $10. And then your annual fishing license for a sen- for just an adult resident is 36 That new state wildlife area permit will be a little more expensive. That could be for a photographer or someone who doesn't really want to buy something that's a consumptive-type license. However, you can save money and buy the fishing license. So it's a good deal. Well, and not only that, you get the search and rescue fee with the fishing license, I believe, don't you? Yep, exactly. And, so if you're lost and, hiking and you've got that search and rescue fee, it it kicks in for the volunteers to come and find you if you are lost. So it's an important it, feature. It really is. It doesn't mean that we're going to leave you out there if you get lost. It just means you could rack up some some bills if you are out there without paying that search and rescue fee it adds up in a hurry when they start using helicopters and multiple people a lot else a lot of other things are going on too i'm well we talked about all the new people out there a lot of them are going to really hit the camping season this year rvs have been selling out a lots faster they can get them people are buying tents or they're thinking about backcountry camping lots of opportunities but all the state parks now are on a reservation system is that right Right. It makes it easier for you to plan your trip. Six months ahead of time, you can start making reservations at our state parks. You just go to our webpage, cpw.state.co.us, and you click. Either you can arrow down on the front page and look at each park individually, or you can just click to write to buy and apply and make your reservation for camping. And it, you can. we used to hold back a few sites, but now you can make a reservation all the way up until. So as long as you have phone coverage, or web coverage, you can get in there and make your reservation before you arrive at your campsite. And that way it's waiting for you. Or even the day of, if you're driving through a park and you have uh, phone coverage or a way to get on the Internet, you can make a a reservation. In fact, you can't grab a campsite anymore without a reservation, right? Right. And so people will – it's just – I think it's a great system because – First of all, if you're heading up on a longer trip, you're going to know your spot is there waiting for you. You're not going to be driving around looking disappointed because you couldn't get a spot. And and second of all, even if you're just out looking around at the park and you see that, if you've got service, you can get online or, or make a phone call. I believe you can do it by phone also. Is that right? Yes. there's The 800 number is on our website. And and it's just a great system. So if you're thinking about going camping, reservations right now, I mean, we're talking you know, through a lot of the holidays, or a lot of them are probably booked, but you need to get out. Another thing you brought up during the week when you and I were talking is people need to look more at midweek use, don't they? Yeah, the parks are underutilized during the middle of the week. And, you know, just some of these metro parks that are close on the front range, think about a picnic with your family or doing something. We still want people outdoors and recreating as we come out of this p- pandemic. But you know, a picnic at a park where you're getting into a natural setting. We have beautiful lakes at a lot of our parks. There's wildlife viewing. Um, most of our visitor centers are open for public viewing and going in and, and 
looking at all the exhibits. We've done a really good job of staying open. The governor has just been very supportive of our agency for letting people go out and enjoy the outdoors. It, people are rediscovering things as well as new people coming. I know. One last thing, and I know this is near and dear to your heart, with all the people that are getting out there, we need to make sure we respect and understand our resources. And there's a program called Care for Colorado that you're really high on. Tell us about that. Right. A lot of people in Colorado don't realize what a good job our tourism office has done about working with Leave No Trace. They partnered with them, and they kind of took the Leave No Trace principles and tweaked them into a much more heartwarming title called Care for Colorado. All of us love our natural resources here in Colorado. We want to protect them and do the right thing when we're out recreating because we have 23 million acres of public land in Colorado, and it's hard to patrol all that and keep it clean. So we need to enlist the public's help that every time they go out, they're thinking about, you know, I need to pack out all my trash that I brought in. I need to not be too close to a water source. I need to, you know, protect the fish and the living creatures in the water sources. Um, you know, leave it as you find it. A beautiful field of columbines, you want the next person after you to be able to see that. And especially with the spring flowers coming out, you know, making sure that you're thinking about it. Because as we come out of the pandemic, you know, take your reusable water bottle and maybe an extra water so that in case something is closed, you can utilize your own reusable water bottle. Um, you know, it's just people don't, a lot of sportsmen and people who are normally out in the outdoors think about that stuff all the time. But we want to encourage new people who are experiencing the outdoors. Colorado.com has got a great page. You just go on to Colorado.com, you arrow all the way down to the bottom, and it's called the Care for Colorado Program. There are a lot of coalition members who have signed on, Bicycle Colorado, um, some of the destination management organizations who are the, you know, the tourism organizations within the little towns across all of Colorado are signed on to continue to push the messaging, too, because we want tourists to pay attention to protecting our natural resources when they come as well. Colorado Parks and Wildlife has partnered with Leave No Trace for years, and we formalized that partnership this year, especially because some of our Colorado parks are becoming gold standard Leave No Trace parks, which we've got interpreters teaching in those parks, the Leave No Trace principles specifically. So it's a big program and a big, it's a big ask for everyone, you know, do their part. Right. You're right. We're out of time, Debbie, but you're absolutely right. Go to that website, folks, the Care for Colorado. If you Google it, it'll come up or just go to colorado.com slash care for Colorado. And I'll tell you what, there's a list of things there, um, everything from trash to trash to the etiquette of poop. And, you know, understand how you affect the resources when you're out. We want you out there. We just want you out there in the right way so everybody can enjoy it. Deb, we're out of time, but thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Get out. You bet. De- Go ahead. I think she was going to say get out there and enjoy the parks. Debbie Leininger, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll have more outdoors on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Dire Straits, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, <clears throat> brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear 
Uh, if you're looking for anything for your outdoor needs with this weather getting nice, stop by Jack's, even grilling. They have a great selection of grills. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Bar Lake is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well, and we are headed for a few nice days. Then we're going to get a little cool down, and then it's going to get nice, and it looks like for quite a while. You know, we'll still get some weather, but I think we've turned the corner, and people are going to start really getting cabin fever. Of course, there's no reason they'd want to go to Bar Lake, right? Right, yes. (laughs) (laughs) it's, It's a great place to go. Why don't you tell people where it's located and describe it? Of course. So Bar Lake State Park is located in Brighton, Colorado. We're just 20 minutes east of Denver off of I-76 in Bromley. You know, we're just a quick day trip, so you can come out, visit our nature center. We have a trail um, that goes around the lake. We have fishing. We have our archery range. We have picnicking. It's just a, a great time to come out and enjoy the springtime. Let's talk a little. I know you've got some events coming up. We'll talk about them in a minute, but let's talk about some of the opportunities that are out there. Now, Bar Lake is an irrigation lake, so the water levels do fluctuate quite a bit. Where are you at water-wise, and where do you expect to be maybe over the next few weeks? Yeah, so we're about 70%, and water is coming in um, pretty fast now. Um, So we should be near full, um, and we'll open up for boating on April 3rd, which is a Saturday at 5 a.m. And, you know, we're a 10-horsepower and under, so small fishing boats, great for canoes, kayaks, paddleboards. And now talking about the fishing, last year the your lake and a couple others got uh, alarmingly low, and there was some worry about what was going to happen with the fish. They opened the regulations, but even when they do that, Anglers don't necessarily harvest a lot of those fish because it gets difficult. And so where do you think the fishing is at right now, and and have you been stocked with trout? You know, we have. We've already had one stocking. And, you know, we went to conservation level, um, but we we didn't have a fish kill. Um, We did have a public fish salvage, but we didn't see a tremendous amount of fish coming out during that time. So, you know, I, I truly think, um, you know, it'll probably take, a, a, you know, a couple years to get back really good, but I, I think it's going to be a good summer. Yeah, I do, too. I think you're still, you have such a variety of species there, too. You have, um, you have walleyes and bass, and I think there's some wipers, and, of course, there's the trout, and there's perch and some panfish, and you have both shore and boating opportunities, and even though that the boating doesn't open for another week, with that stocking of trout, I would think with this weather, a lot of those trout are going to be close to shore and catchable. Yeah, and so we have quite a bit of shoreline because we're not full, so that gives us um, more shoreline access. So it's actually a great time to come out and try shore fishing. It really is. Now, you've got some events coming up, too. And the first one is you always do a great big Easter egg hunt out there. Now, you've had to adapt it a little bit because of COVID, but you're still going ahead with it. Tell me about it. We are. You know, we have an Easter egg hunt on April 3rd. Um, we have different time slots that you have to sign up for from 9 to 2. Um, we have some sponsors from the Friends of Bar Lake, the City of Brighton, and Walmart. Um, we have uh, eggs that we're going to hide. We'll have crafts to go and snacks to go. So you do have to have a reservation. Um, but if you can't get in for the Easter egg hunt on April 24th, we do have a kite festival where we're giving away free kites. 
So just go to our website or to our Facebook, and you can sign up for these events. A reservation is required just because of the COVID restrictions still. And then you also typically, once you get towards around the 1st of May or so, usually have a really nice fishing clinic. Is that still on? We do, yeah. It's always the first Saturday in May. Um, we put a net in, and then we actually stock that net. Um, and we'll, we're going to have it this year. You know, last year we didn't have it, but um, that first Saturday will be one of our first um, bigger events that we're going to have. So look for that on our website and our Facebook for a sign-up. All right, and that's May 1st. Let's go through these now. The Easter egg hunt is next Saturday, 4-3, and you need a reservation. Um, then you've got the kite on April 24th, and May 1st, you've got the um, the fishing clinic. And, of course, there's always things to do out there. Um, you have, we didn't mention, we briefly mentioned, but tell people about what you've done with your archery range. Yeah, so our archery range, we have a standing range from 10 to 100 yards, but we also just a few weeks ago opened up our 3D range again, and we have new targets. So it's really exciting. Um, there's 10 stations. We have a velociraptor. We have an elk. So it's really, really fun. You know, it's hard to draw a tag for a raptor in Colorado. They don't have many. But It's very rare. <laughs> very rare. Yeah. Hey, well, one last thing before we go. You mentioned to me there's a new app for people that they can use to kind of explore Bar Lake. Tell me about that. Yeah, so hopefully it'll be uh, live in the next week, but it's called Time Looper. And it's really great because it's a 3D app um, where you download it on your phone for free, and then it um, comes up with a 3D map, and then there's points of interest that you can hit on the map, and it'll tell you about Bar Lake. So it's a way to enjoy Bar Lake while you're there or even from home. Spell that for me, the name of that app. Time Looper. Time Looper? Uh-huh, T-I-M-E, Looper, L-O-O-P-E-R. All right, and that's going to be live pretty soon. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's You know, we're seeing more and more use for cell phones, and, uh, of course, you have good cell phone service at Bar Lake. There's so many apps. You've got Fishing App, the iNaturalist, and, of course, you've got all the birds. Hey, how many eagles you got? i got to get going, but you got a lot of eagles right now? We still do have quite a few of our wintering eagles, but our nesting pair are nesting, and in the next week to 10 days, we should have eaglets. Wow, that's awesome. Michelle, thank you so much. Bar Lake is such a great resource, and it's so close to town. Hopefully a lot of people will, will come out and enjoy it. Thank you for joining us today. Have a great day. You bet. Thank you. That's Michelle Siebert from Bar Lake. We're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, Austin Parr is going to join us. We're going to talk fishing. Then Nate Zielinski. Then we're going to talk some fly fishing with the folks from Jack's. And then Chad Lachance is going to come on and talk about getting your boat ready. So we have a lot to cover here yet on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You know, Kyle, I've heard this group before. Yeah, I bet you have. The Eagles. Everybody that listens to the show know they're my favorite. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us from Discount Tackle, Fishing Tackle, is Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Well, always great to have you on. You're a great resource. You're in touch with the outdoor fishing public as you talk to them every day and you spend a lot of time on the water. And I've even heard you've caught some fish at one time or another. So, From time to time. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they say about me, too. They say, you know, I, I asked somebody, who said, you know, how'd you get in the industry? I told them, I said, well, I caught a bass in a tournament in the 70s. I said, someday I'm going to have to catch another fish. 
(laughs) (laughs) But seriously, we are getting to the time when people need to seriously start thinking about their open water fishing. Wanted to kind of go through with you uh, just the different opportunities that are out there. But very first, before we even get to that, Colorado is a unique state in the fact that when I talk to my friends in Minnesota, when ice fishing is over, it's over, and you got to wait two months before you can get on the open water, except for a few rare opportunities. Here in Colorado, you could be in your boat this weekend, and you could still be ice fishing during the week. There's some good opportunities up on the mountains yet, isn't there? Absolutely. So we have good ice on the majority of our lakes. I do want to make mention that uh, it's been kind of a strange situation at Georgetown this year, but the city council decided to close ice fishing up there. Um, So Georgetown is closed at the moment to ice fishing, so don't head up there. But there are plenty of other opportunities. South Park Lakes have been still holding really decent ice. And the fishing has been pretty decent still late in the season. So at both 11 Mile and Antero, um, but then the, the lake trout bite really has been excelling as of late. So we've been hearing fantastic reports um, out of Granby and Williams Fork. Uh, both of those have been really turning back on for a lot of your white and brown colored tubes still as well. But the, the standard tube jig and sucker rig has been working good up there. Um, but the key on those places with lake trout, you have to find where the structure is. So I'm looking for humps, I'm looking for rock piles, I'm looking for drop-offs, and a lot of times when you're finding those, you're finding those fish. So it could be anywhere from you know 40 to, to 60 feet for the majority of those, but then don't overlook the shallow bite for some of your bigger fish up there. Now, if you head up north a little bit more, uh, we've been hearing great things out of Stagecoach. Uh, Stagecoach has been doing really well with rat finkies um, and then small trout traps, tube jigs, and then Steamboat, although we've been dealing with quite a bit of slush, still has been fishing well, and the ice uh, is holding up up there. Uh, grasshopper color tubes, and then occasional on your dead stick, your, your pink rat binkies, and then some of your tungsten jigs definitely work well. I like having a small tungsten jig tipped with a, uh, a little plastic. Some of the clam plastics are, are really good, but then Berkeley makes some fantastic ones. A power nymph is one of my favorites to tip on the tungstens as well. Uh, but Steamboat also has been fishing good. And then there's plenty of other options in smaller water, definitely. But certainly, especially in the northern mountains, uh, anticipate slush at this point in the season when we're getting high sun angles and a lot of snow. All right. So let's. I know there's a lot of great ice fishing opportunities, but a lot of people have, with the nice weather, we're going to have these next few days, get a couple cool days and really nice. People's attention is really turning to open water, both from shore and from a boat. What are you hearing out there? So the big thing to just consider this time of year is that everyone's really getting that itch to get out, but you have to change your technique a little bit from what you'd be thinking about in the summertime period. Uh, If you're fishing bass, a lot of times throwing big plastics or or just rolling some of your more aggressive baits aren't quite as good, Uh, but the local ponds have been doing well on a slow-rolled chatter bait. Uh, jerk baits are always one of my favorites. Uh, suspending jerk bait for largemouth in the early season and smallmouth, for that matter, work really well. Uh, Rapless shadow wraps, Berkeley cutters are a really good option. Uh, I like both of those, but just making sure that your bait is generally going to be suspending. So as you're popping it through the water column, I'm pausing and then letting that bait sit, and sometimes for an uncomfortable period of time. So we're working yeah, that uh, along the shallows. You're, you're act, uh, absolutely right. Almost nobody pauses that jerk bait long enough in this early cold water. If you think you've yeah. paused it enough, pause it some more. 
definitely. So that is a key element. And wrapping that around toward the walleye fishing, uh, the jerk baits are the same kind of thought process there. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, the, the night bite is going to be your your better option in the springtime here for the walleyes, as many people will be discussing. But if I'm fishing more in the the, the twilight hours, many times I'll be fishing a slightly deeper build jerk bait, maybe a, a cutter one ten plus getting down just slightly deeper. And then as that nighttime uh, is, is really getting dark, those fish move shallower, and then I'll change my, my bill presentation. So it's working a lot shallower in the water column. A shallow shadow wrap, an X wrap, uh, shallow cutters, all are good options. Yeah, I, I love the jerk bay fishing myself, whether from a shore or a boat, because I can cover some water. You tend not to get hung up because you're not fishing right on the bottom, but yet it's just an enticing presentation. And anything that swims will bite that jer- that jerk bait, Austin. Yeah, trout, bass, walleyes, all of the above, and you may catch all of them in one evening on any given body of water. Uh, and, and they're a great presentation in the cold water here. And for the next several weeks, really, it's going to be my, my main presentation that I'm going to be thinking about trying first. I am. Um... Uh, the thing I love about in the spring, too, is now it, it tends not to be bang, 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 but boy, you get some quality fish. I know Karen and I were out on horse tooth once fishing jerk baits, and we only caught one or two of each species, like a walleye, a couple smallmouth, a couple trout, but they were all some of the biggest fish of the season. Definitely. It gives you fantastic big fish opportunities, particularly for shore anglers. It exposes those big female walleyes, and that's certainly a, a good opportunity. And something to think about, too, if you do catch one of those fish, maybe keep some of your slot fish and let those big females go and, and go about their business when it comes to continuing the genetics of these lakes. Oh, you're absolutely right. Let's switch to trout. The Parks and Wildlife has been busy stocking the lakes up and down the Front Range. We just talked to Michelle at Bar Lake, and they were stocked. I'm sure Chatfield and Cherry Creek. Check the stocking report, folks. Go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and follow us. We put the fishing report when it comes up every two weeks, and there's a link in that right to the stocking report. And don't think that they're trying to hide that from you. They want you to come out and fish for those stock trout, especially up and down the Front Range before the water gets warm and Austin, a lot of the waters up and down the Front Range, not only are you going to catch the stockfish, but there's some pretty nice holdover fish. Absolutely. So especially lakes that have a little bit deeper water like Aurora and Chatfield, they hold actually surprisingly large trout. I mean, mountain-type caliber trout. And those trout are up shallower this time of year. And we're talking about big fish exposing themselves. That's the thing that happens when the, the water is colder in the springtime. As it gets warmer, those trout move deeper and you get your warm water species. But it's a fantastic time to get your kids out or just yourself and have great action on stockfish. But then, as you mentioned, mix in some of those brood fish. So I love a, a fly in a bubble this time of year. Those trout a lot of times are near the surface and shallow. So you can cast that all the way down the shoreline with a woolly bugger and maybe trail a little pheasant tail or a soft tackle hair here with a nice slow reel coming back. As you and I have mentioned before, uh, the bait fishing is obviously a, a really good way to go, to on a Carolina rig. Your power bait, doe bait is good. Salmon eggs can be good. And all these different stock trout lakes, you can catch fish on potentially all of those things together. So if you want to just go and sit down and catch some fish on, on the shoreline of some of your lakes or uh, you want to be up and moving, you can catch fish on anything from your spoons to your spinners to a fly rod. Um, and as you mentioned, mixing in some bigger fish at places like Aurora and, and Chatfield. It really is a fantastic opportunity to get out right now. And anywhere there's stock trout from the, you know, Cherry Creek and Chatfield to the St. Varane Ponds 
up and down the Front Range. And as we get the thawing, as it heads up in the mountains, this is a bite that will work its way up into the high country as the ice recedes, and it's good for a month or two. And there's, it's, it's easy, basic fishing. You can make it as complex or as easy as you want. You talked about the bait. A lot of times if somebody has a two rod stamps or two people fishing, I'll tell them, throw one bait out there because it acts like chum. Now, you can't chum in Colorado. You're actually hoping to catch fish on that bait. But because it puts scent in the water, a lot of times you gather fish. Now I throw uh, maybe a Panther Martin spinner or a little crankbait or like you said a cast master or something and cover the water around it and sometimes the action can be just phenomenal absolutely and then the other thing that happens this time of year as the mountains are, are starting to ice out and, and what's happening currently on some of these plains lakes is these trout are actively attempting to spawn and whether there's a an inlet that they're trying to run up or if there's a good gravelly shoreline you'll have whole schools of trout that are moving along males are chasing each other females are up trying to lay eggs in the shallows and it provides a great fly fishing opportunity uh, for really anyone. I mean, you don't have to cast very far. I like fishing some of the otter soft eggs, and it's a fly from Montana Fly Company, but it's actually physically like a soft plastic egg fly. And they're, they're a little bit heavier than neutrally buoyant, so they don't sink very fast, but I fish them weightless under indicators, and you can just absolutely hammer trout with that and then follow it up with a, a woolly bugger or a bar slump buster on a secondary rod, and you can have great success fly fishing as well. Oh, it's just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. And and a lot of the ponds and smaller lakes, as the trout start to transition out, you're going to get the crappies and the bluegills and the bass transitioning in. So, you know, we have a lot of new anglers out there. And what they need to know that there, if you, even if you don't have a boat, there's tremendous opportunities year-round. But really, the spring is one of the best, best, best times for uh, for, for shore fishermen. It certainly is, and it's a time to not ignore, especially after having some good warm weather in the late part of this week and early part of next week. It should absolutely spur on a variety of fish movements in all different species, and it's a, it's a really good time to get out of the water this next week. All right, my friend, we have to let you go, but if people want more information, how do they find you? I'm a discount fishing tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right. Always a great resource, Austin. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you, Terry. You bet. Speaking of great resources, coming up after a quick timeout is Nate Zelensky, and he's going to talk about these open water walleyes, and him and his crew really zero in on them. So if anybody knows what's going on, it's going to be the guys from Tightline. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.